Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman's Podcast, where women just like you learn how to navigate your work, home, and love lives with confidence and calm, all while being in command of your emotions. Here's your host, Coach Anita Charlo. Okay. Hello, everyone. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to start off by being really honest with you. This is like take 37 of this candid conversation today with my friend, my sister, Alicia Houston. Oh my goodness. You have no idea how powerful this woman is, but you're about to find out. So as you remember from last year, if you were listening to the podcast at all, once a month, we would have candid conversations with phenomenal women um, that are just doing the damn thing out here as executives and leaders out here in the world. And that's not going to stop. This year, we're going to hit the ground running 2022 with my girl, Alicia She is a certified neuro leadership coach, consultant, and international speaker. She honed her craft as a female biotech founder in San Diego. And after a decade of implementing growth strategies and leading a high performance culture, sold the venture in 2014. You heard me. She sold it. She built a company and sold it. Yes, my girl, Alicia. She now incorporates her 20 plus years of experience in neuroscience, communication, and empathy to develop, restructure, and support business owners, companies, and corporations in developing a culture of belonging through her company, The Culture Crew. I could go on. I could read like nine more paragraphs, but we're going to get into this conversation because I want Alicia to share her journey with us. You know, we talk as women about, we don't know what we want to do, or we don't think we can do this. We don't think we can do that. And Alicia is here to show you that even though you may start out one way, you have one specific idea, as long as you keep moving, you keep growing, you keep learning, you keep searching, you will eventually get to a place where you are in fact, a happy executive woman. So Without further ado, welcome, Alicia. I am so happy to have you. Thank you. I am excited to be here. I am really excited to have this dialogue today. <laughs> yes. So it's just good. You know how we talk, girl. So we're going to, let's just do it like this. We're going to have our conversation. I'm okay. going to ask you questions. This is, you know, as though we're sitting on a couch next to each other or in COVID protocol, six feet away from each other. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to let them eavesdrop, be flies on the wall in our mm. conversation. So Let's start by, I mean, you have such a fascinating, fascinating um, uh, path that you've taken. And so I'd like for you to share with us, like, where did your journey begin? Did you start out, you know, being a fabulous executive woman or (laughs) did you start out in in McDonald's frying French fries, you know? How did you get where you are today? I love it. You know, I would first say that um, my examples were both of my parents, very hard workers. Um, my mother was born on a farm um, in in Cotton Plant, Arkansas, with, ten, with nine siblings. There was 10 of them. So her father provided for them through their farm. So there's that, right, that gumption, that resilience for my mom, who in turn 
grew into a an adjunct professor. Um, she was a, in staff relations for Los Angeles Unified School District. My dad was an executive with um, the Southern California Edison Company. So my parents were first examples, right? So high bar, right? Yes. Yes. So I say that because that was I was like, well, I'm going to be a physician. So that was my dream, my journey that I saw that I was on this planet to help heal people. Okay. And so I believed right at that time in my life that that was going to be through being a doctor and healing people in whatever way as I went on that journey, I would discover which, which practice, right, which breadth of practice was for me. Right. So that was not the case. I uh, went to school and uh, took biology, chemistry, all of those things. And I realized I did not want to be in school for like 20,000 more years. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that uh, changed for me, but I always had a love of science. Okay. So of course I remained in the science field, um, graduated. Um, so I am a bi- biologist by trade. I actually worked in for in phar- pharmaceuticals. I worked mm-hmm. in labs. Um, I dealt with all kinds of like PCR machines. So I was not, yes, I had the white coat and yes. I was dealing with um, cells, different cells, cultures, growing cells, PCR, mm-hmm. uh, all of those things that like you see in the movies, pipettes, right? You see yes, yes. Pipettes under the hood, the, the sterile hood. Right. That was your girl here. So that was kind of when the shift happened. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So Mm -hmm. you started out on this path, you decided that it wasn't for you. And, you know, we, sometimes people think that when they start out a certain way, or they got a degree in a certain thing that they have to be in that field. Yes. So you are a prime example of, you don't have to follow down a path if it's not the path that feels right for you. Yes. So from that, Mm -hmm. once you decided that, where did you go? So working in the lab, right. Loving that. Then I realized, um, I need to have some interaction with some more people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love my colleagues, but mm, just wasn't quite doing it for me because I am very, I'm a very social being. Mm-hmm. Um, I am an ambivert, so I'm an in, introvert and an extrovert. So I, it's lovely to have both of those needs met. Yes. Um, so I moved into, I then, so UCSD is, my, is where I graduated from. Mm-hmm. So UCSD has a hospital out here in San Diego. So I moved into the space of clinical trials. Okay. So clinical trials first begin in the lab, but they are carried out when we begin to introduce them into the community where people can take part Mm -hmm. in those clinical trials. So I worked with this amazing nurse. She was an Air Force pilot. She was an RN. She was from Baston and she would never (laughs) let me shrink. Like, I'm so grateful for Judith Hansen. I still remember her name. Judith Hansen. Judith Hansen. I tried to find her. I cannot, but I'm going to one day. (laughs) And she lifted me. She was so supportive, supportive of me. Like, honestly, she had me doing things I probably wasn't supposed to be doing that in my position, but she (laughs) just really exposed me. She trusted me. I was interacting with patients and they were geriatric patients. I love, love, love that community. Just they're so full of wisdom and knowledge, right? right. And, 
And so I was in the gastroenterology field. So we were doing um, intestinal work for elderly, trying to see what was going on. And I loved looking at like the machine while we were inside their, like their intestinal tract, their, yeah. their throat. It was like amazing to me. And, and then that was a beautiful space. Then Judith left and it just wasn't the same. Yeah. So I said, okay, it's time for me to make another move. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I moved on into at Children's Hospital and I moved into the Department of Research. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome because I was exposed to um, protocols, actual protocols being written by pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies. So I began to understand and I have a science background. So right. I began to see things come to life, mm-hmm. um, what it looked like. I began to have an opportunity to use my voice to um, protect vulnerable populations, children in research, but mm-hmm. knowing that certain research was necessary. I was exposed to these amazing children with cancer mm-hmm. and their spirits of life mm-hmm. that just would exude from them as I would walk through the oncology unit for, with right. kids. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, just my, I, my life began to change because of the exposure. Wow. The exposure to the physicians who were so willing to support me, but I didn't understand, hold my hand, show me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my next amazing boss was Rebecca Clark. She's amazing. We're still in touch. Um, she allowed me to grow as a, a young person in, this was like my real first corporate job. Mm-hmm. So she allowed me to grow. She allowed me to ask any questions she allowed me to try things right like as uh-huh. I, of course after I learned like she, I didn't just get to come in and just try things. right <laughs> but I got to come in and she allowed me to bounce things off of her um were there process improvements that I saw that she she listened she did not shut me down mm-hmm. she said oh you know I hadn't thought of that because she was about 20 years my senior mm-hmm. and so she, her, we were from different places, right? I right. was seeing things in a different, fresh light, and she was open to it. And I was open to her saying, "We can't do that right now, or we can't do that because this will have an effect on this." Their interdependencies. Right. So I began to learn about culture and interdependencies within organizations from one department to another. Although you think something is a good idea, it may not always be a good idea because right. there's a lot of moving parts. Right. So that was awesome. And then I will tell you, we got, we were growing the research department. So me, Rebecca, um, another other nurses, we were growing the research so vastly because of our gumption, our commitment, our grit, our wisdom, our mm-hmm. ability to work together in such a way that was just like, like an invitation for people to come work with us. Right. That we were like, oh, that the, the hospital realized we need to bring in a director of research. Like we needed to kind of bring in that top person to like the departments were growing. And so it was like, okay, we need, a, you know, we got to bring it right. to a level. Mm-hmm. And that is when everything started to become different. Okay. Yeah. So we brought in this high, this director. Right. And this gentleman came in. And this is where leaders really make poor choices when they come mm-hmm. in and they've been there for about three weeks and they mm-hmm. want to start making just changes across the board. Yeah. And um, it was horrible. Let me tell you though, that what really, I will tell you what really changed the trajectory of my life and what I really 
began to understand what leaders don't look like. So right. this gentleman came in and he had a meeting with me and he told me for what I did, I don't need an office. And he was going to build me a cubicle and take me out of my office. Oh, my supervisor was livid. She tried everything she could, of course, yeah. but her hands were tied. He's the director of research. Mm-hmm. This man proceeded to build me a cubicle, Anita. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in my office. I'm seeing this cubicle being constructed yeah. right outside. Right. Just can you imagine the shame and the smallness that right. you feel from having such an impact within right. a, a department? Not just, yes. I mean, a department and the bottom line was shooting up. Like we right. saw, when I was there, we saw a 102% increase. Wow. And then this man come in and tell me, uh, your position doesn't require an office. We're going to say that because we're growing and we're going to use that for someone else. So he moved me out of my office, Anita, and into a cubicle in the middle of the department. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and my boss, like I could see her, she was so sorry. And I just told her, I said, Rebecca, I love you. It's not you. I know. Yeah. And you know, there's such beauty and grace in life circumstances because I was pregnant. So mm. I knew when I left, I was you wouldn't be going back. back. Mm-hmm. And so when that time came and I left, I knew I wasn't going back, but I didn't know how I wasn't going back. Okay. So let me tell you what I did in that, in that growth time, I had made some, of course, we're networking. I had made some beautiful connections. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to a woman who I had only met one time. And I just was obedient in the inner voice within me that told me, right. reach out to Michelle. I called Michelle and I said, hey, it's time for me to move on from children's. Um, I'm going to have a baby. I, I was fully transparent. Yeah. I'm going to have a baby in the next two weeks. But I would love to talk about possibility um, of moving into your area uh, mm-hmm. your, your organization after this. And she said, Alicia, I would be honored because I know who you are. She said, your name precedes you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Oh my is. goodness. It is. And oh so goodness. I'll fast forward just to say that when Michelle and I were supposed to meet, I had the baby <laughs> <laughs> and she said, timing. Oh, she said, the only reason Alicia's not here is that she had that baby. Right. I called her from the hospital, right? That's my commitment. Right. That's who I am. I'm a woman of integrity and character. Right. And so I called her, even if it wouldn't have been me, if it would have been my husband, whatever. Somebody. But some, I called her. She goes, I knew it. And she just <laughs> laughed. And she told me, congratulations. Sent me balloons and flowers. Yeah. To the hospital. And she said, we'll get back together when you get home. Right. And get rest. <laughs> yes. Yes. So fast forward. Michelle hired me and didn't even have a position for me. Yes. Wow. She hired me and I started there. So I never went back to Children's Hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. Still remains connected to Rebecca and the amazing people there. Yes. But I moved on to my next part of destiny. Yes. I love that. I love that. So before, because honey, we're going to, we're going to be traveling down destiny's road, but Mm. I want to touch on a few points here. Um, You mentioned some things that, that really stood out to me. You said when Judith Hansen, who served as like your mentor, right? When, when she left, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. So I totally, totally understand that. You know, I'm all about 
um, empowering women and teaching women how to stand in their power, you know, all about women supporting each other. So when we have, when we find that network and we find that woman or that group of women that are willing to support us through whatever, allow us to, to grow and to cultivate our knowledge and to, you know, to test new things, it's kind of hard to stick around when that woman's not there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I totally, have my own story about that too. It was amazing <laughs> boss. You know, we mm. worked together. We were like Cagney and Lacey, honey. Oh, right? yeah. We show. were like, <laughs> yes, we were like Cagney and Lacey. She got me. I got her. You know, yes. we are, we are very, um, you know, we're not, we're not confrontational, but we are women who know our, we know our strengths, yes. right? We're yes. not afraid to stand up and speak mm. our truth. We are, um, we are able to um, to express ourselves in a way that's, you know, when we go to a meeting, people know, okay, well, you know, Anita or, you know, Angela is coming to this meeting, right? Yeah. We got to be on top of it because yeah. we know they're going to, they're going to ask these questions. They're going to do that. And so when, rep- when your reputation precedes you, it's kind of yeah. hard to go from being at that level to not being at that level. It's like, yes. no, I'm not about to beyond super senior executive type projects to creating PDFs. Right. You can hire somebody else to do that, right? Yes, Anita. Yes. yes. So I totally get it. And then the mentorship, you know, we, we, women supporting women and oh, this whole thing about women always in competition and women can't get along in the workplace, you know, yes, I've experienced that, but I'm also happy to be on the other side of that too, yeah. where I, I have been that mentor for other women, like yes, women coming up. Anita. and we understand the value of that and how it makes us feel and how it makes us grow Yes, and how it pushes us to be more and to want more. Yes. Now, having oh. said that, Take us to the next part of the destiny. You got it. And I'm just going to just going to piggyback on what you said about women. And I want to put some neuroscience on it. Okay, I'm going to put a neural nugget on it. Yes, Um, (laughs) ma'am. Women have women, our prefrontal cortex, that is our chief functioning system in our brain. That is at the the frontal um, lobe in our brains. Women's are 20 percent larger than men's. Mm. So our ability to envision, to forward think, our, our ability to think about, um, to strategize, to, to just really put things together and organize mm-hmm. is physiologically at a higher level than men's. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that men are bad. It doesn't right. mean that, but it means that our ability to impart empathy, compassion, so mm-hmm. the emotional part of our brain, our amygdala mm-hmm. is, so the amygdala is where you get riled up really quick and you get right. on 10. Mm-hmm. Ours is smaller than mm. this. So it, there's a, there, there are physiological reasons yeah. why women are truly equipped to lead. And we have to get out of the, the previous myths Mm-hmm. That have that have were fed to us through the 40s, 50s, 60s, all of that about right. women, and step into truth and step into reality and to embrace that together we are better. Mm-hmm. And women are fully equipped and have the tools to lead at a high level. 
Yes. So I just had to jump on that. Okay. On that. Yes. I'm, I'm loving that neuro nuggets. <laughs> yes. More, more about neuro nuggets later. Yes. So <laughs> no, that was neuro nugget number one. So as we move on into the journey, right. Um, mm-hmm. I moved into that nonprofit and moved into a leadership role, was hired immediately into a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, um, there was the executive director, there was the administrator, and then there was the, there was me as the lead. So I was a lead. Mm-hmm. And, um, and truly, truly like not even to toot my own horn, but I blew that position out of the water. Yeah. Like it was just, I was in my space, Like I loved it. I just, the way that I connected, even with the staff, the way there was a level of respect, I respected them. They respected me. I didn't come in trying to swoop with change. Right. I came in like, teach me, what do I need yes. to know? Mm-hmm. You know? And so that relationship was so beautiful and grew into in that relationship and actually was promoted in, mm-hmm. in that in that relationship as well. And then the executive director decided that she wanted to move on to something else, right? She was like, this, I want to go. She had been there for a long time. She wanted mm-hmm. to, do, to do some other things. So I was then offered. So I jumped over the administration right. yes. and was offered the executive director. Position. There you go. <laughs> and so that was beautiful. I was in the executive director position and the previous executive director and I, of course, were friends. Yeah. And she spoke of some of the challenges she would have with the board. This was a nonprofit, as I said, mm-hmm. the nonprofit board was all white males, mm. all Republican males. Now, Ugh. Republican, mm-hmm. as we think of it today with some of the issues, Republic, you know, I don't want to tainted that all Republicans were bad, Mm -hmm. you know, because it has become really ugly in today's society. Right. Right. So we're just going to go back to 2004. Okay. Republicans (laughs) in that era, you know, yes, we, there were different mindsets, but but it wasn't nasty and ugly, you know, like it isn't and hateful, you know, to Mm -hmm. the degree it is today, but there were different mindsets. So there was no, there was no diversity on the board. So there was no diversity of thought no diversity of culture, no Mm -hmm. diversity of lens. So Mm -hmm. upbringings were very similar. All of these things were similar. So that when you had someone as myself bringing different things to the board that were the experiences of the staff, there was no relatability. Yes. Understood. Yes. And so Mm -hmm. it it was like hitting this brick wall when Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the market, right? Because I'm watching the market. I'm watching what competitors are doing and how we need to become more digital at that mm-hmm. space, right? Oh, mm-hmm. we got to have online presence. We got, no, it's not necessary. Right. I'm realizing what needs to happen. And the no's were piling up and realized that me and my previous colleague, we could do this and we could do it better. Yes. So that's when things began to change, right? So the roadblocks, the pain, the, mm-hmm. the no's turned into new opportunities. Right. So that is how my body, people was called a biopharma company or a biotech. They'll mm-hmm. use them interchangeably was born. Okay. And we built, we opened our doors in 2004 mm-hmm. and took and had an attorney. So we operated in full integrity. As you will recall, I operate in integrity. Yes. There will be no repercussions. There will be no, no way, no trail, nothing for you to, to come back on me. Right. So we had an attorney. That's what people, you, you've got to get counsel. So you know right. how to make leaps. 
when you're in the same environment, you know, right. so mm-hmm. we had, um, no non-competes, all of that. So all of those things you've got to understand when it comes to acquisitions, when it comes to opening your own business, your own, mm-hmm. all of that. So you get counsel or you get someone who knows what they're talking about. Right. And so we opened our business. So co-founded by me and two other amazing women mm-hmm. where we are all in still in communication, mm-hmm. um, but we've all gone different ways. Right. Right. Um, and um, it was, it was amazing because in 2004 as a black woman, so mm-hmm. two of us were black women. One was a white woman, mm-hmm. no funding. Uh, now there's many opportunities and, and really a lot of these opportunities have been born as a result of the pandemic and social mm-hmm. justice. Right shining light on the inequities and inequality right. in access to funding. Yes. And I'm telling you, there was no access to funding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing is, um, and it was really funny because I was able to see things through an eye of just, this was a kind of a, a person of color versus a, a white person's experience. So mm-hmm. Michelle was white. Michelle is white. And when we reached out to like her family, her friends, they were like, yes, we will. So we had, um, we had notes so, so that they would get interest, all of that. Right. They were in, they were in like, what do you, her parents, yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. And when I reached out to some of my white colleagues, they, they got it. But even my parents who mm-hmm. were very successful, they were not willing. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's mm-hmm. still a block. There's still a myth. There was still a misunderstanding. Standing mm-hmm. in the black and brown communities, yes. right? About mm-hmm. this opportunity. Right. So my parents were not able to get the return on their investment mm-hmm. because there was a return on investment for these people. Yeah. Because they didn't quite see what this mm-hmm. looked like. There right. had never been an experience. So mm-hmm. all of like Michelle's family, her parents had been entrepreneurs, they had family as entrepreneurs, her sister was an entrepreneur. Right. So they understood this process. Mm-hmm. And other people I reached out that were not of, you know, African descent or right. of, of Latina descent, Latin mm-hmm. descent, they got it. Yeah. But our black and brown sisters did not. Mm-hmm. And so I, as I was older, so not in that moment, but become older, become wiser. It's like, oh, there is a gap here. Yeah. And so we didn't bootstrap it. We did get funds, but it was from friends and family. Uh-huh. And then we did get an SBA loan as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we did get an SBA loan as well. Um, and so I learned the process through <laughs> opening my business, right? Yes. We had employees, we grew, uh, we got sued at one time. We yeah. only got sued once. Thank you, Lord. I'm not and 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 we settled and it was not this crazy amount. Okay. We learned right in the process. Yes. We learned in the process. Like this is real talk. This is executive talk, right? I was an executive. Mm-hmm. So I was a COO at that time and then in 2008, I became, was voted in as the CEO because mm-hmm. our CEO wanted to go off and she was, she was good. She was done. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was voted in as CEO at that time and learned so much about, mm-hmm. right. In this whole process, P&Ls, balance sheets, just equity, um, capital gains. You know, we had property right. because we had those huge copy machines. So yeah. learned about, um, property, you know, these, all of that capital, just right. so much that people don't realize when starting a business, they start this business with a passion. You've got to have 
there's got to be process. There's got to be right. operations. There's got to be procedures. Got to be SOPs. There's got to be more than just passion. Yes. And so that is what I learned, and I also learned that I have a gift for those processes. I have a gift yes. for those procedures, and I learned that when I was in the COO, Chief Operating Officer. Right. Like I had a knack for those operations. Yes. I could see things, and I could help bring things to life, and then we could document it. Right. So that- duplicated yes and so that's where I see a lot of us Anita um we go wrong in business mm-hmm. is we we move into something oh I have a passion for this but if you want to monetize it if you want to be happy with it if you want to really experience the fruit of your labor right and expand it we have to do things differently so we can't experience that happy executive woman. right absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Before we continue down this journey, I have, I have a ton of questions, but, but I don't want to get too far into, um, we've gone now from 2004 to 2008. I want to take a step back because a part of being a happy executive woman. And while you're, you, you mentioned that you had given birth and that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking four years now. I don't know how many years we didn't um, discuss ahead of time, but where are you in terms of relationships at this time? And Mm. how are you, how are you managing your relationship or, you know, while you're doing all of this and you're, you're taking over the world, (laughs) one company (laughs) in one position at a time. (laughs) like peaky in the brain, right? Yes, you knew, you knew exactly what I was thinking of. So I will tell you, so I had, I was going through a divorce in 03. So before I started my business, I was going through a divorce in 03. Okay. Um, and that was, so that was when I kind of realized like that this is not what I wanted for my kids, right? I don't mm-hmm. want them. I saw the opportunity Mm-hmm. And I, and I realized that there was more, like there was something within me that realized there was more. Okay. And I was appreciative to be having these, this is why it's so important. Like you even talk about relationships. So that was the romantic relationship, but yes. even it was really important for me to be in contact with people like Michelle mm-hmm. who had a different view of entrepreneurship, right? Yes. She knew like we could do this because mm-hmm. I linked my, my belief to her knowing Okay. You got to have people standing in that gap. Right. Right. And so that level of relationship there was the relationship in business, but I was going through, um, I was going through my divorce and it was final in early 2004. So before I even started business. Um, and so in that beginning part, Anita, uh, it was really about my children, right. Mm -hmm. Making sure they were good. Um, the long nights that I was doing, I didn't have to worry about a partner because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't have one at that time. Right. Um, but I did start dating my current husband, like in, mm-hmm. while I was he's still in the startup stage, like in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that balancing act, but it was great because he was in the military. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so uh, yeah. That was, was yeah, that was a right. bonus. He so was gone like, sometimes. Right. relationship because he was deployed I was like okay good I don't have to spend a bunch of time and we didn't have all the technology that we have right you know Mm -hmm. like like, you still had to like write some letters and and maybe they could check email every now and then so it was still a space I had the space for me to create yes you know but when he was present I did have to carve out and make be intentional yes 
Absolutely. About that. You better say that. You better say that. (laughs) Be intentional. I did because listen, I was so in my passion, right? I could girl, I could just work and work and work and work, but I had to pull back. First, I had to make sure I fed my kids. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So I was grateful to have my parents and stuff. And, uh, you know, my mom was still alive at that time. Mm-hmm. And just to have that support system, so important, you know? Yes. Um, but I did have to make intentional commitments for my dating life, right? With my, yes. my husband, my, we were just dating at the time, not even fiance or anything. Mm-hmm. And then also with my children, you know? So I was really, really careful, like during their school hours, perfect. Like mm-hmm. but in the evening, if I needed to do something, I still had to be intentional about my time. Yes. So, yeah. So relationships all around from kids to colleagues to, yes. to love relationships, right? So Absolutely. Important. And, so and important. such a piece that we don't really think about all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, you know, that's one of the, the main reasons why I do what I do, right? Mm-hmm. We can be executive women. We can kill it at the office, you know, but we have to learn how to be just as, as diligent and yes. intentional in yes. the bedroom as we Come are on. in the boardroom. Come on. Come right? on. Right. And then yeah. learning how to turn that switch. You're right. Right. You're right. So getting, so understanding how to turn that switch, the same energy that is, yes. that it takes to run the office or build a business is not the same energy that you want to take into your relationship. Right. Mm. There's a, you need to understand the difference between the feminine and the masculine. So, true. but that's, you know, I can go on and on about that. But so it's we real. Will. It's real because but I will tell real. you just to touch on your point, Anita, to just drive it home. When we did get married, right, and and the business was really growing. You know, I was in CEO, like I was managing projects, a lot of different conversations, RP. You know, talking to heads of pharmaceutical companies. And then I would come home with that energy, that masculine yes. energy. Yes. Oh yeah, we had some problems. Like, let's yeah. <laughs> so yes. it, like we talk about executive women, yes. we have to learn, like you're saying, to maneuver in the dynamics. I don't get to come home and be the CEO. No, you don't. I'm coming home to be Alicia, the wife, the mom. Yes. You know, but I had to, like I could say that with ease now, but honey, that was a few year process like I'm just gonna be transparent yes yes you are right yes and I did it with help I didn't do it alone like let me be clear oh no no you need figure it out I need to be more feminine Uh, yeah no it doesn't work like that yeah yes you need it right there was um a, a funny story so in one of my previous jobs I um I was known for getting things done. You know, I was, I left that job though, because (laughs) they didn't appreciate all of who I was. And even though I was managing projects across three different departments, Mm. they were happy and refused to give me a different title or so it was time to go. But while in that role, um, I had asked one of the uh, one of the VPs. I had asked him for a recommendation for a plumber. Okay? okay, and so he gave me the name of a plumber. We connected, and the guy came over. And then you know he did what he had to do. And then when I got back to work, my uh, the manager said uh, his name was Darren. He was like, "Wait, what house did you send <laughs> my plumber to?" I was like, no, he came, he became, he was so sweet. He was so nice. And he did such a great job and we love him. He was like, I 
explain to him the type of woman that you are told him, you know, about your personality to prepare him for what he was supposed, what I thought he was going to walk into when he came into your home. So he was used to me being no nonsense. Uh, you're going to do this. You're going to blah, blah, blah. Nope. That's not okay. Okay. We need wow. to do this, you know, sign this, um, file this here. I was, he was used to me being in charge. Mm. So this is the person that he explained to the plumber. But when the plumber came to my house, honey, in my home, I am not the CEO. I am no. not the dictator. Yeah. Right. I fall back. And it's not, you know, it's not to say that, you know, I don't have any voice. I do have a voice. Right. But I recognize when to use that voice and how to use that voice. Mm. So me stepping in and micromanaging my husband and the plumber would not have made any sense. So when the when the plumber talked to him, he said, <laughs> I don't know who you thought you were sending me to, but that is not who I experienced when I got there. Wow. You know, she was so nice. You know, she was, she was so sweet. She did. She barely even said anything. I dealt yeah. with her husband most of the time. Yeah. And my, and, and Darren was like, what, what is happening? I was like, well, I don't need to be in my masculine mm. in my home. Right. And understanding mm. how to turn it off. Yes. When I came, when I get home now, don't, don't get me wrong. My masculine side will flare up. Yes. Right. Will flare up, especially if I'm going from being in my office to being in that masculine. And then I step outside of my office. Yeah. And then I have an encounter. It's like I haven't had time to make that shift. Yeah. Right. Anita. Yeah. But understanding the difference between the masculine and the feminine is where the executive woman tends to butt heads and where women who are wanting to maybe they have a job and they want to pick up a second, you know, um. Uh, what do you call it? A uh, another source of income, yeah. Like, or they want to start something on the side. Yeah. Learning how to balance that, right? Mm. Learning how to not just balance the 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 masculine and the feminine, but learning how to speak to that man and make that man feel included, and so yes. he doesn't see it as another another way of you spending less time with him. Yes. And you need help with that because yeah. in your head you're doing, and this is going to be great for us. For the family. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just give me this time. Just give me this time. But you need another woman who has walked that path yes, to share with you. Okay. If you do this, oh, don't say it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is what he needs. All right. These are the type of things that you say. These are, here are a few examples for you to try. Yes. You know, let's bring, come back next week and let's see how that went. You yes. need that. Yes. Right. Yes, Lucky you for you, your, your husband now, my, mm-hmm. who I call lovingly call my brother-in-law. Yes. Um, he was away. And so you had that time, which and I'm so grateful that you knew enough to reach out to someone that can yes. help you make that shift because it's not definitely not easy and it doesn't no. come naturally to us, especially those of us who have been in positions where we've had to put food on the table and feed our yes. kids. Yes, Anita. Yes. Right. Yes. We know how to do that. We get so that real. done. We go into that mode and it's hard to turn that off, especially yeah. when I've been doing this just fine before you got here. Right. That part. <laughs> that part. Yes. yes. That's so real. And I thank you for bringing light to that. And even the part, like you said, because that was me when I was building my business, I was like, this is going to be great for us. But I was just like, go sit down. I'm going to yes. go do, you know, basically yes. you go sit down, shut up. 
I'm going to go do this, right. but not including him. And even to this day, like now when I include him, as you know, like my husband does AV on yes. a lot of the stuff that I, he does my AV. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful um, that, that that is the relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. And what some what I also do is I compensate him. Mm. I compensate him. He has his own company. I compensate yes. him because it's not he's just doing AV for two hours. Like he's doing AV for a full yes. three and four days. Right. And so we have to be careful in the in the unit of marriage, covenant, relationship, right. whatever, mm-hmm. where we begin to just make these expectations. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I compensate like, thank you. Now mm-hmm. I don't compensate him, but I would probably have to compensate a right. company. Absolutely. But he, I make sure he knows I appreciate his support and him showing up in this space for, yes. for me as well and my attendees. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. Oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> All right. How are we doing on time? I know we are We're you good. okay? Yes, okay. Ma'am. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want, I want to be respectful of your time, Thank but you. I, I want to keep talking to you too. You got it. All right. So let's move forward with your, with your journey. And as yeah. we, as we're doing this, what, what I would really like for our listeners to, to hear, you know, in between the words and, you know, in between the, the examples that we're giving is that each time so far that you've heard Alicia make a move, it is because that place that she was in before was no longer making her happy. Yeah. And that's what this show is all about. The happy Mm. executive woman. And so when you find yourself in a position where you're not happy due to the level of work that you have or the people that you work with or the individual that you report to, you don't have to be stuck in that position. And for those of you, I've been in in the position before where when I was a single mom, I couldn't afford to leave a job at that time. But maybe, maybe it's not about leaving, but just learning how to exist in that position for as long as you need to, right? Strategies, tips, tools, tricks, you know, whatever we want to call them to help you get through and build your resilience and build your strength while you're there. So that when you do leave and you go to the next place, you take all of that with you. Yeah. So when you left and you mm. took all of that with you, yeah. where did you head to next? I think, I think if I remember correctly, we were, you had started the company yep. you were already. Okay. So we're at 2008. You had moved into the executive. CEO. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you're the CEO, CEO. Mm-hmm. and go. And then, <laughs> move, and then, so we're just growing, like we are thriving. So if you remember 2008 was the horrible, horrible yes. crashes, all of that. So, mm-hmm. so um we dipped by 35 percent oh wow but the beautiful thing is we did not have to let anyone go i gathered my troops together we had a a very transparent dialogue and i allowed them i was like so how can we do this without having to let someone go let's we we roundtabled it yeah and we all agreed at the end that we would do flex time so we did not have to release anyone we flexed we just, we rotated. So some people would work some days, some people, so everyone was willing to take a decrease. 
Yes. So, but everyone is still able to maintain benefits. So we made sure that the level right for full-time employees, they still maintain benefits. So it was so beautiful how we roundtabled it. And I was very transparent with my business partners, thought I was going to be, I was crazy to be transparent. I said, no, we've got to be transparent because if you're not transparent, they're going to be wondering what's happening. We've got to have a conversation. Right. So we did that. We flexed and it was great. So then coming out of that horrible recession, all of that, we began to grow about 2010, mm. 11. I mean, we began to soar. Yeah. Things were coming. So, it, and, and it was just so beautiful to see. So we need, we were scaling things, scaling yes. uh, staff, we were scaling contractors. Oh my gosh. It was wow. wonderful. A lot of work, right? Like I yes. said, high class. Absolutely. Problems, yes. But it was a lot. And so I had, that gave me experience with getting ahead of things, scaling, doing things before you really need them. Yes. Um, and, and really balancing, you know, a budget as far and a P&L and making mm-hmm. sure that things are, are cared for because we have 401k. I mean, we have all that. Like, yes. Wow. We're a company. And so moving into that, we began to really, um, I guess, be noticed. And so we were being watched, not even, you know, you never know who's watching you. Mm-hmm. And we had a few um organizations, a few investors reach out. We had some conversations, like we never even were thinking about that. But yeah. what we also began to see, what we also began to see was the, the arena was changing. Okay. So we, we were able to see the arena was changing for boutique organizations like ours. Mm-hmm. You know, the big behemoth are different. They have years and years of resources and right. all of that. So we saw the landscape was changing. So we're able to get ahead of that. So we were like, let's have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And it was great though, because we had a couple of offers and it gave us the experience, mm-hmm. right? With what we didn't want, um, how we wanted to make sure our employees were cared for. Mm-hmm. So when we got to this, this, this organization that eventually acquired us, it was such a beautiful mesh. Our employees were able to stay. We actually retained, we were the Southern California portion of the company we retained our name um, while I was there and the leadership was in um Jersey so Mm -hmm. I was still managing right so I now had an outside report I was senior leadership now um no longer CEO because you know we had been acquired company sold um but I offered a senior leadership position and I still managed like there was no one on site. <laughs> right, right. So it was still me, my employees, you know, things coming down, filtered through me. Um, and as you can imagine, any of you who have dealt with acquisitions, you've seen acquisitions, there's going to come a time that their initiatives are going to begin to be pressed in, right? Yes. And so I was aware of the initiatives and, and me having the know-how of my staff, how they, how they receive things, how we can implement things, always having my mouth to say, you know, I hear what you're saying. I understand the end game, but allow me the opportunity to soften the blow to, you know? And so I was always, always, that's always how I led. I was always about my people and understanding that things were not always going to be comfortable. There were going to be challenges, but this is the end game. And let's, you know, are there any questions? Always allowing them the opportunity to talk and they can voice concern. They can voice uh, disagreement. They're always respectful, but it was like, at the end of the day, I hear you and we're still moving forward. So I'm going to need you to pull your panties up and let's go. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, okay, Alicia, oh 
my God. Right, you know, right, right. Sometimes they were like, oh, I'm really not happy about this. But it was always a level of respect. Right. And transparency. And tra- I have been, that is how I roll. Right. And I'm so grateful that that is innate within me. Mm-hmm. Because that is what has allowed me to be as successful as I continue to be today. Right. So that level of transparency, that level of voice, though, um, I believe began to uh, t- become tiresome to, uh-huh. mm-hmm. to corporate, you okay. know, where I was always kind of the buffer because right. I knew my people. And um, so one day at the end of 2017, I thought we were moving into a budget meeting because mm-hmm. it was October and I was invited to leave. Mm-hmm. I was invited no, to leave the organization. You, uh, the company, you, as you, you keep, found it. Yes. As you can okay. imagine, I was angry. Yes. Um, I was ashamed mm. because mind you, my staff is right downstairs. Right. I was ashamed, mm-hmm. angry. Um, I just was like, this could have been done in such a different way. Um, I felt um, small that I was, I was not valued and I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um I let them, and you know, I can tell you when they gave me the papers, you know, it was always papers. I could have my attorney use some of these, some that were just signing that I'm going to take this, take that. Like I can yeah. do that. My signature, there was no shaking. There was no hand shaking. My hand moved with such grace signing that signature. Mm-hmm. And when I was about to walk downstairs, <laughs> the HR lady, I said, so what you will not do is escort me. I don't need an escort. This mm-hmm has been my organization. I'm a woman of integrity. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, if you need to walk behind me, you can do so. I said, yeah. but I don't need an escort. Yeah. I am a grown woman. I am a woman with class. Yes. And I don't, I'm not going to sit here and turn tables over and act. Right, stuff. right, right. So I said, so I don't need you to escort me. You may follow behind me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I walked downstairs and I, I saw some of my staff. They had no idea. I'm like, hey, just talking. Yeah. And when we got into my office, I closed the door and I let her know. I said, so I do have some personal things in this top drawer. You may watch me, but I'm yes. going to be taking my personal taxes. Right. And so I got my personal taxes and what they let me know, they said, so we're going to be letting the staff know what happened mm-hmm. and um, we'll be releasing them early and then you can come back. Mm-hmm. So um, I took my taxes, Anita, I got in my car and I called my husband. Yes. And he said, baby, it is okay. Your time is done. Yes. And I will tell you the, um, like, I, I will say that it was not a space of, it was not nasty. It was none of that, mm-hmm. but I was angry. I was like, how dare you? This could have been, you know, I mean, I right. had conversations with the CEO this yeah. could have been managed so differently. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't we do this at the end of the day when the staff was already gone? Right. Why didn't we have a conversation? Alicia, we're just going to be going in a new way. Right. And, and, and we've appreciate, you know, there was none of that. It was like, mm-hmm. well, today's your last day, you know, instead yeah. of just, Yo, I mean, my gosh, people, like, yeah, you, you had like you were a temp. With. Yes. So <laughs> it was goodness. just such a, a void of decency, of respect, of, right. of, um, of just a conversation. Yeah. And so I was angry for a while, Anita, and I thought I was going to jump into my new venture that I'm yeah. doing today yeah. immediately. My heart was not right. I right. was pissed, mm-hmm. bitter. Um, there were so many things going on. How dare you? Like right. I'm just being real right here, right? Yeah. For anyone who well, has that's ever what we felt want. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so I gave myself time to grieve. Yes. I needed to grieve the loss. We don't give ourselves time to grieve. Sometimes yes. we think it's only with the loss of a person. It's with big losses of, of time, of timeline within our yes. lives as well. Oh so, my goodness. I'm, I got to jump in here, Alicia. Yes. So in this moment, what came to my mind mm. was the level of support that you received from Andre. Yeah. Right now. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Would you, when you met him and when you were dating him and when he proposed to you and when you were working through your learning to turn that executive mm-hmm. woman head off when you were at home and being your feminine, would you, did you ever have an, any idea that he would have stepped in and supported you in this way? No. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Thank you for that, especially military man strong. Yes, you know. Yes, but he showed me his heart. So no, that was a great question, and I was scared to call him. Right? Yeah. Like I'm going to be real. Um, I didn't know how he was going to react. Right. And he was so supportive, honey. And at the end of the day, we got in his truck. He has a big old truck, a big old GMC. Yes. And honey, he he was stoic. We got in there. He yeah. was Stoic. He was like, what's my wife's mm-hmm. honey. Can you imagine going in there and all your stuff is bubble wrapped, bubble wrapped, bubble wrapped girl. When I talk oh about the level gosh. of, did you take a Xerox machine home? What the girl, heck did they need to go bubble wrap? talk about the level of disrespect and dehumanization that didn't need to happen. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband, he's picking up stuff and I told yeah. them, uh, no, that's mine personally. Like that had little tables. No, yeah. y'all don't get to keep that. That is mine. I purchased that. And they're, no problem, no problem. You know, yeah. so they're just, yeah, girl, we got in and we left. And I was so grateful for my husband. And, yes. you know, he was hurling all kinds of words. Oh, you know? of course he was. Of course he, he was. Like, <laughs> we, this is time for you to get into your next level and what mm-hmm. you've been saying you were going to build. And so, right. you know, so then I had to take that time for myself, right? Yes. I thought I was going to jump into it. Right. So it was not until I will say the middle of 2018. So I'm grateful that I had the finances to, yes. to be able to breathe and have some reprieve. Um, right. So that was a blessing and heal myself that, mm-hmm. when, that I was able to get to a place that I was ready to receive the downloads for this next yes. generation of yes. Alicia and send a thank you letter to the CEO of the previous company. Mm. I sent a thank you letter later that year. Yeah. Just thanking him for the opportunity, thanking him for just um, allowing me to grow because I did grow as an executive as well. I was able to see things because now there was, now we're dealing with a larger company. Right. So I was able to see things from a leadership perspective of a, basically a conglomerate. I learned more about acquisitions because they mm-hmm. were acquiring other companies right. to see things, learn things, ask questions. So I yeah. had access right. to things that I would not have had access to before. That was very big of you. Yeah, you know, it was just something that for me, I had to grow it. Yeah. But that's who you are though, Alicia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're a woman of integrity. You're a woman yeah. of transparency. Thank you. And a lot of times, you know, we're so angry and we're so bitter about yeah. what took place. Right we're not able to move through that or recognize it for the, for the value or the gifts that it actually, the benefits, the bonuses mm. that it afforded us. Yes. Right? 
Yes. I, so you, you, you made me think of another question and, and I mean, you talk about your transparency and the fact that even though your employees were not really happy about certain things that they were basically ride or die employees. Yes, they were. Okay. I don't like it, but we'll do it. Yes. So what do employers need to embrace in order to create a loyal workforce? Yeah, what, what you need to embrace, what I saw in demonstration, I have evidence, right? I'm all about, I'm a scientist, empirical data, Right. is we need to embrace as employers, compassion, empathy, and creating a space of inclusivity of all thoughts, neurodiversity. Mm-hmm because I don't have all the answers. As you heard me say, I was like, what do you all think? Sometimes my employees had the best ideas. I was like, oh my gosh, I would have never thought yeah. of that. So, yeah. And then you give them credit for their right. ideas. Don't yes. take it as your own. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if someone has an idea and maybe you zhuzh it a bit, you are still give them, hey, Taylor had this idea. I zhuzhed it a bit. And that is right. the final outcome. Right. So we always give our employees credit. So we need to implement neurodiversity as a, it's a steadfast thing. It's something we do so that we have the diversity of thought of different brains, of different lenses, because we all have different upbringings. We have different experiences. So we're going to see things differently. Employers, especially at this time. Yes. If you want to be successful Absolutely. in this new age, we are in a space of new, never, ever was. Yes. And so we have to embrace this yes. neurodiversity, each one of us in order to be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. You said a mouthful, honey, mm. because in, I like your acronym of new, right? Mm. Never, ever was. And then I have one myself that I love to use and it's called win, mm. right? We need to win. Okay. Tell me. We need to focus on what's important now. Oh, yes. Right. Not Love what that. was happening before the pandemic, not what was happening, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, mm. three years ago, what's important now, because the climate has completely changed. Yes, ma'am. The employee climate has changed. Yes. We, people are not willing to sell their souls Nope. Anymore. No work life balance is important, yes. you know, and having being at home and recognizing the challenges of trying to have a family, trying to be there, the guilt that you didn't realize that you had, yeah. right. With yeah. not being able to be there for your kids, having to work, having to, you know, stay late. You can't go yeah. to their recitals. You can't go to there. And yeah. by mothers and fathers being home now, especially executive women being home, being able to manage what they can. And and they realize, you know what, wait a minute. So if I have to go back into the office, this means that I disrupt the relationships that I've built with my children. I disrupt the, the relationship that I have improved with my husband or my partner. Do I really want to do that? Can we function on one salary? Yes. Yeah, there's the whole, you know, this whole mass migration or the, what did they call it? Right. The resign- Great resignation. resignation. Yeah. yeah. That that's, that's a real thing. It is real. That is truly a real thing. So as an employer, you have to be willing to do things differently. Yes. You have to be willing to, to accept the new. Yep. And you have to be willing to win. Yes. 
Right. Love that. Oh my goodness. Mm. Funny. <laughs> I'm over here shaking. Yeah, shimmy, shimmy. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, oh man, I, I have a couple of more questions for you. Okay. I know we could talk forever. I don't want the podcast to be too long. I know, I know. We we'll have to but wrap up here. People, I told you they're not they're listening in on the conversation we will be having if we yes. were sitting together anyway. So yes. Yes. um they're getting they're getting they're the flies on the wall today, and we totally mm. appreciate them being we here. Do. And if they've stuck, listeners, listen, if you've stuck around this long. Yeah, I really, really appreciate you. You know, these candid conversations are always longer than my traditional, uh, my regular podcast. So I really appreciate um, your willingness to stick around and to provide your suggestions as to what type of phenomenal women you'd love to see on the podcast. So I promise you, we're going to wrap this up soon. But Alicia, Mm -hmm. So you, you, in all of your experience, you have, you have been on every single possible side of, of Hmm. the coin. You have experienced, you know, what it is to be an employee. You've experienced what it's like to be a board member, what it's like to be a CEO, a COO, you know, executive director. You've done all of that. Yeah. Right. What, what must leaders implement Hmm. in order to ensure the future of their business success. You know, and it's so funny that you're asking that because you actually touched on it. We have, employers have been given the opportunity, the invitation to have a level of intimacy with their employees. Mm. We, they are now inviting you into their homes. You are seeing children, right? Run yes. by where you Dogs. never even <laughs> knew their names before. Or you just had them on this little stick. Yes. You, know, you are seeing cats. Jump on, get in front of cameras. <laughs> right, right. When you're having meetings, you have had the doorbell ring when FedEx, UPS, yes. or Amazon uh, right. is <laughs> <laughs> delivering packages, right? Mm-hmm. So there is this new level of intimacy that yes. you are being invited into with your people. Mm. And so when in, as, as employers are understanding, learning, evolving, um, shifting into mm-hmm. what is required in this new space. Yes. They cannot forget that they have been given a gift, the gift of intimacy with their people. Yes. And, and what a gift is that? And why would we not want to continue that? So even to your point, how do we continue to grow that gift, grow that intimacy, keep it there? What do you need so that right. you can keep that yummy with this new relationship with your children? Yes. You know, you're able to go to their events now. What do you need? How do we create that? Ooh. So this gift of intimacy into me, you see, yes, is going to be crucial for businesses, organizations, um, nonprofits that are going to really grow mm-hmm. to implement so they can operate in this new season of their win. Right. Oh my goodness. You gave me chills. Oh, you gave me chills. That's <laughs> real. You know, and as you're talking, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, you know, the first, my first um, acronym of when, and when I think about that, I said, what's important now, yeah. right? Now, yeah. as you're talking, I may change that to Ooh. what's impactful. 
now. I love that. I'm doing a finger snap. I'm doing a finger snap. (laughs) What's impactful now, right? How can employees really recognize um, and and value and show, you know, not only their appreciation, Mm -hmm. connect with their employees intimately, but also what sort of impact do they want to have on their employees? Right. Right. Why should I stay working for your company if Mm -hmm. I know that this company over here cares more about their work life balance, cares more, not only in words, but actually in deeds? They show you. Come on. Not only do they show you, but they tell you and they feel it. Right. You can feel it. Yes. Girl. What did I say? Evidence. Evidence. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I may, there may be a little scientist in me too. (laughs) See, don't you love it? (laughs) It's so, it's so like, it's so intoxicating. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh my goodness. All right. So there's, there's so many things I want to get to there. There's one, one, one more question specifically about okay. the businesses that I want to ask. Okay. And then I want you to share. I'm going to go into a little bit about your, um, about ethos. Okay. You got it. And my you got experience it. and that wonderful thing. You got but, it. okay, so here's the question. What is one of the biggest gaps in business mm. today that is affecting organizations' bottom line? Yeah, you know, one of the biggest gaps that are affecting organizations, the, the, the money in organizations, is there is this notion that everything, all the power resides at the top. What I want people to understand is that organizations are made up of people. Mm-hmm. And so you, at whatever level you are, must begin to understand that all voices matter. And so as organizations begin to, to empower their people with mm-hmm. their voices, and you, of course, empower those voices in a systematic way. You don't just make it a free for all, right. you know. Right. But as as and as people begin to fully understand and feel and see the evidence that they're what they're saying is appreciated, is acknowledged. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. You know, diamonds. The BBS are the top diamonds, mm-hmm. and people just want to be. They want to be. So the first D is value. Mm-hmm. That people want to be valued. Right. That's it. Absolutely. And the, that's all. They want to be valued. They want to be, they want to be, you need to verbalize. Yes. And you need to be seen. That's yes. Seen. That's it. And so if organizations implement ways for these things to happen, whether or not, because we all are operate from a level of emotional intelligence, we know that everything that someone suggests right. is not going to be implemented. Right. But if there's a way for organizations, to begin to receive that information in a way that is systematic mm-hmm. organizations, that bottom line is going to increase because some of those best ideas are going to come from your people who are doing the work. Right. Absolutely. Not from your people who are sitting around the tables, not from people, you know, so we all have value in our jobs and what right. our contribution, but realizing that you need to be pulling from different departments. Yes. Also sit around that table is where that bottom line is going to increase because there's going to be some insights, some new yes. insights with that level of neurodiversity, that level 
of, of equity that you're now yes. bringing around the table that have never, ever been realized. Absolutely. That is so true, Alicia. I, I used to work for a consulting firm um, and I managed the training facilities for the consulting firm. Okay. Um, whenever they would sell a bulk of business, they would sell like a training component. Right? Okay. And we required people from the C-suite on down to the front line. See? And our environment didn't look like an office. You, you <laughs> would think you were walking into romper room, right? There were so oh, many I toys and, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> idea paint on the wall and, you know, books. And so it was more creative. It was to get people out of their regular mindset because yes, when you, when you put a CEO in a, in an office building, then he acts like a CEO, yes. but you put a CEO in regular clothes in a room full of toys and he's picking up gadgets and things <laughs> and, you know, Without, without, with everybody being dressed in regular clothes, you don't really know when you have 150 people in there, you don't know all 150 people. So we made it a point to put, if we had 10 people at a table or 10 people on a team, we made it a point to have each one of those individual be representative of different levels in the organization. Mm, And what we did first, which I always tell people makes so much sense, is we had, we did a poll. We understood what the challenges of the organization were. Yeah. So where it may take an organization, where it would have taken an organization six months to two years to actually change direction, right? Yeah. To change their culture, to change, you know, what they wanted to work on, to get everybody on board. Yeah. It only took us four days. Wow. Because we didn't have those back and forth emails, you know, with the company, they didn't have to have this and have that. We understood what the challenges were, where they were, where they wanted to be. We then did, you know, random uh, surveys where we got the voice of the people. Yeah. And then we put all that together. We created the training program and then we brought them into the space. We already knew what we needed mm-hmm. to work on. So we, we were very strategic in the questions that we asked. Yep. Course. Right. Very course. strategic in the questions, very strategic with the games that we played. Mm. And when they walked, they walked in, everybody's a little, you know, hesitant. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm, my voice is going to be heard. We made sure that everybody's voice was heard, mm. that everything was recorded. We had mm. graphic illustrators drawing, you know, out the conversation I on the that. boards. And then when they left, we had the plan. We had the plan mm. and then we had the buy-in from yeah. all of the people that mattered. So they cut the time from six months to two years tremendously by bringing everybody all different levels into the room, structured environment, Mm -hmm. um, understanding what the the goal was and then left with the plan. I love that. Right. So whether they came to us, we had a mobile unit where we would, we would, I was about to say we would ship people. We wouldn't ship people. (laughs) (laughs) We would fly our people down, you know, consultants. And we had, like, if we were, if they didn't have the space Mm -hmm. to be as spread out as we needed to be, we had mobile furniture. So we could go and set up in a hotel banquet hall. Perfect. Did this, and that was so important to get the voice of everybody. Yeah. In the military, we call it boots on the ground. Yep. Yeah. We need to talk to the boots on the ground. Yeah. Right. Mm. Because if you don't get the the input from the boots on the ground, the people that are actually doing the work, then you're just sitting in an office, just coming up with ideas. They're not going to fly, and they're not going to be bought into because the people who are actually doing it are not did not have a voice. That's right. Honey, I get it. 
I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's good you stuff. You are so welcome. So mm. before, you know, people, before we lose everybody, okay, <laughs> I don't want right. to lose anybody, but uh, what right. I do want, uh, what I do want you to share is mm. um, there now I'm going to give you guys a, I'm going to give you guys the real truth. So Alicia used to put on an event called Transcend every year. I never Mm -hmm. made it to Transcend. This year, she did something different. It was called Ethos. And for some reason, Ethos just spoke to me. Mm. I knew that I needed to be there in that Mm. room. And my experience was absolutely phenomenal. What I'm going to do for you guys is I, Alicia didn't know this but I created a video of my experience at ethos. I sent it to you just this week. Yes. yes. I sent it to you just this week. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide you with the link. Aww. I'll give you a link to that video because I want you to understand from my perspective right there in the in the middle of it all, what it was like for me, mm. but I want Alicia, I would like for you to share yeah. your vision for transcend what that was okay, and how that mm. transformed or, 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 um, just morphed. evolved, <laughs> yes. morphed right mm-hmm. into, um, into yeah. ethos. You got it. And, and I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to let you handle this. <laughs> In the essence of time, I will move through this quickly. Um, So transcend, what I know now is transcend was what I needed to do with what happened to me. And so all of us that were a part of transcend, we were moving into something that was next. We needed to Mm. transcend Mm -hmm. something in one, two, three, four, five areas of our lives before we could really begin what was for us. Okay. So Transcend was the space of evolving, evolution, of, of just um, new heights, stepping out into new possibilities. Mm-hmm. That's what transcend was. It was transcending things that may have been holding you back mm-hmm. and saying yes to new opportunities. Okay. And so I thought that I was going to be sunsetting transcend in when, when, when the pandemic hit yes. in 2020, I thought that was going to be the last transcend, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happened is we couldn't do transcend in 2020. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I'm just going to move it to its fifth year in 2021 and that will be it. Right. So the spirit within me said, it is complete. You are complete. Mm-hmm. Its work has been done. There is something else new. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost abrupt. Like, so people that were in the transcend group, I just yeah. like, shut it down. Yeah. I was like, I said, I have a knowing that this is complete. We are done. I said, mm-hmm. I will be archiving this group in the next five minutes. Wow. <laughs> it was like that. Like I knew that I had to be obedient. I needed to yes. move in that moment. So I did that. I had a few people say, I said, and I said, something new will come. Yes. I archived that group. I got messages like that was so cool. I said, because I was being obedient and I knew. Yes. So I actually sat quiet, Anita. I was waiting, waiting for the new thing to show up. It never, never, ever was thing. It was not showing up, ma'am. Yes. And in my space of control, I'm like, okay, what is this? And, and I'm a spiritual woman. And so I'm speaking to not for me to impose any spirit, my, my beliefs onto anyone, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, okay, God, what are we doing here? Right. What's happening? Yes. Hello. <laughs> yes. And 
So I learned how to really in this time, listen to my inner knowing, listen to the the inner me, the spirit within me Mm -hmm. and act from a place of belief and faith that everything that I have created, been through is for some people in this world. Yeah. And so I was in my bathtub and I heard the whisper ethos. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, because it is within the ethos that we will all come together. Mm -hmm. And in that ethos, we will create, but then we will all create our own ethoses. I don't even know that's a word. That's I yeah. <laughs> it is so, today. <laughs> okay, today's the word and from now on. So we all will take make create our own ethoses with the work that we are doing. And this space is for so transcend was not for this caliber of woman. Yes. Ethos is for the high level leader. The mm-hmm. woman who is who is opportunity rich. I do not say busy who is yes. opportunity rich. She is not slowing down, right? but she needs a space where she can come with other high caliber women, elite mm-hmm. women doing great things in this world and take her crown off or her cape, you know, her mm-hmm. cape or her crown or both. <laughs> yes. And, and, and just be, be poured into, but also I believe in the power of proximity. Mm-hmm. And so be in proximity with other phenomenal women yes. where you can create more together outside of that room where you're coming together right. and we can cut through the red tape of mm-hmm. maybe a relationship that would have taken six months to build. We're right. building it now in a few days. And then with that, we're now introducing each other to our networks yes. to be of service. Right. And that is what ethos is. It is about a space and ethos of impact mm-hmm. and income and proximity mm-hmm. that is going to quantum leap our visions, our dreams, and what we've been here to put on this earth to do. Right. Tremendously. Yes. 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 Ooh, preach. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't even, all I can say right now, again, I'm going to share that uh, video with you guys, but all I can say right now is that ethos was, I just knew something just Mm. said, you need to be in this Mm. room. And Mm. I had to jump through hoops to get there, but I was there. And when you guys have no idea, it was more than just a weekend of, you know, a women's retreat. You think about it. Oh, it's a women's event. It's a women's. It was so much more Mm -hmm. than that. I walked in a big old ball of nerves and, twisted in knots. And I, the entire weekend, I just felt those knots and those just that everything just loosen up. Yeah. Now with that loosening, our tears were flowing. I cried all doggone weekend, right? All All weekend. But by the time I left the, the tension that I felt, Mm. the fact that I felt so alone in my journey, Mm. right? Yeah sitting in that room. And I mentioned this on the video, you know, they say that you shouldn't always be the smartest woman in the room In that room. I was not the smartest woman in the room. I'm smart. And you know, AF, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but in my own way. And so there were women in the room that were, that had more experience in other areas that I had, that I didn't know anything about. And it was a room full of African-American women 
powerful women, successful women, women that I could learn from, women that I probably never would have met because our paths would have never crossed. It was an amazing event. So I'm definitely going to put the link to the video in this, um, in, in the show notes. So make sure you head on over to the show notes, Yeah. but this was amazing. Mm. So I don't know. I don't, you know what? It's not for me to question why I never made it to transcend. Yeah. Don't. Probably it was just meant for me to be at ethos. Yes. And life has yes. certainly changed since mm. then. I, I, I can it. tell you within just with that was in September. So September, like, three we, months ago, three yes. months ago. Um, just my who I am as a businesswoman mm. has has shifted, mm. right? I'm standing a little taller. Yes. You know, come on. At five one and a quarter. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm five one and a half now, you know. <laughs> but I'm standing a little taller and and I, I believe that ethos called me called my greatness forward, Mm. right? The woman that I should be, the woman that I know I can be. I don't, Mm. I know that I now feel like it is possible Mm -hmm. and that by playing, not playing to the level that I know I can, that I'm, I'm doing myself and those that are meant to be served by me. Yeah. A disservice. And I'm no longer willing to do that. That's right. You're no longer open for that. I'm just, (laughs) no. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, we're going to cut this short, really okay. short, as, I know. Uh, you know, short, yes. but I definitely want to have you back because there's so okay. much more that we can talk about. And I want yeah. to share, like, I want to share, I want to share you with my listeners mm. because I love having you in my life. Right. Thank you, Anita. And it, I learned so much from you just mm. by being in your space. I learned so much from you just by watching you. And, you know, if I'm going to have surround myself with women, I want them to be powerful women, women that, you know, can share with me and I can share with them. So I yes. thank you for being that, being my sister, mm. right? My mm. sister in success. Mm. I love that. I love that. Mm. And I love you, Alicia. Mm. So do me a favor and yeah. I'm going to put all of your links and okay. you know more information in the show notes. But right now, what I'd like for you to do is let everybody know how they can reach you. Yeah. Um, if there is a, um, how they can get on your list yes. um, so that you can reach out to, you know, so that they can get um, neuro nuggets and you yes. more about. I don't know why that just makes me feel so neuro nuggets. It makes like you I guess shimmy, right? It's like all sexy. I'm over here yes. shimmying. Neuro nuggets. nuggets. <laughs> Thank you. And great. So for me, as you heard, my journey has really brought me to a space of culture, helping people develop their culture. And it's so much deeper than just having a mission statement. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. The name of my company is The Culture Crew, as Anita said in the beginning. And my website is theculturecrewcru.com. And so you jump on there. You, it, there is a button that just says, um, let's connect. And you can get on my neural nuggets list right there. And I will be sending you things that are going to support you, that are going to help you understand your brain a little bit more, maybe why you act that way or why you felt that way. And also some tools and strategies that you can implement with your own people, with your own family, not just for organizations. These run the gamut because I'm here to make a better world, a better humanity. So Neuro Nuggets is going to cover all of that. 
neuro nuggets. Neuro nuggets. Yes. <laughs> it's like a, I feel like it's like we're we're having a podcast, a happy executive woman after dark. Very good. Neuro nuggets. Like that. We might not do that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Alicia. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to have you back. And I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to to our continued sisterhood and yes. um just the amazing things that we're going to do as women in yeah. 2022 and beyond that part, that part. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to come back and I look forward to huge prosperity and abundance and expansion in 2022. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. All of our listeners, please do us a favor and head on over to whatever platform you're streaming your podcast on and you know, rate, give us a rating or review, you know, tell us what you thought about today's podcast. Um, just, just, just show us some love. Let us know Mm. what we can do, uh, for you, what type of topics you want. Um, if you want to go to my website, anitasharlow.com, um, you can go to the contact page. I'm open to any suggestions because this is supposed to be about how you can be a happy executive woman. And I'm all about that. I'm willing to bring on whoever I need to for our candid conversations to get you from where you are to where you want to be. So until the next episode. Mm